Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Living Your Dreams, the podcast hosted by myself, Lennox Kador. And today I have with us uh, is Jeffrey Driscoll, who is a fitness instructor, uh, yoga instructor, and a man of many different talents here with us today. And Jeffrey Driscoll has worked in the fitness and wellness industry for over 20 years, developing a passion for fitness through general aerobic style classes, and he ultimately began to explore Pilates, yoga, and finally martial arts. Starting as an instructor, Jeffrey ultimately became a master trainer with CanFit Pro, delivering fitness instructor specialist certifications, personal trainer certifications, as well as CPR and body shred certification trainings. Jeffrey also certifies new yoga and Pilates instructors through East to West Yoga and Pilates. Jeffrey's love for working with people and clients of all ages have evolved into working in public community centers and the creation of his own fitness and wellness company called Warrior Zen Fitness. Jeffrey and his associates, and as well as his employees, provide trainings at condominiums, schools, and other rented spaces throughout the greater Toronto area. The services his company provides ranges from personal and small group personal training, meditation sessions, yoga classes, therapeutic Thai massage and aqua fitness trainings that combine a connection to fitness, martial arts, and spiritual healing. Finally, his company will continue to be committed to bring, bring in health and wellness to all people from all ages, abilities, gender, and walks of life for many years to come. So after all of that, Jeffrey, is there anything else that you want to tell us about yourself and anything more about your company? Okay, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, it's quite an honor. Um, the biggest thing I'd want to say in terms of the company is that our ultimately goal is to bring fitness and wellness experience to people from all ages, from a young child to seniors and all abilities and levels. So, Jeffrey, uh, it seems like you have a very extensive uh, background. How did you identify fitness and wellness to be your passion and what gave you the confidence to pursue it as your business? That's a great question. I've always had a passion for fitness and wellness. I started when I was in high school. I was actually quite sedentary and I started to take fitness classes and it started to improve my physical stature and me to have more confidence. And it was something that sort of became a hobby of mine for years. And then it sort of evolved into a passion. Taking that passion and turning it into a full-time career, though, was quite a different matter. So, um, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Uh, so what were the things, what steps did you take just to make it into a full-time uh, business and career? Well, the first thing I had to do was go through a very gradual process, because at the time I was working as an elementary school teacher. Oh, really? So I was doing that part-time. And then I was also teaching fitness classes and wellness and started personal training people part-time as well. Um, and it, it was a difficult process, but it was one that took uh, a while and that was very gradual. So I made the transition very gradual. That was a big key for me because a lot of people think they need to jump in um, into a full 100% full-time employment with their passion and hobby. So I, I took an incremental stage. So I would gradually work at a net loss as most people do but I started working in gyms just part-time and then gradually made the leap to extending to more and more classes um, so it was a very gradual process for me so how long did this process take 
Um, it actually took uh, it, it took less uh, time than I thought it would because I started working full time as a as a fitness instructor one year after working part time. Oh wow! So initially, when I started, it was it was quite challenging because I was used to a full time salary from a school. Mm-hmm. And I gradually started to add a few extra classes here and there. And then I gradually started to build up to full-time classes and full-time personal training. But the salary was substantially less at the time than I was making as an elementary school teacher, as you can imagine. Yeah. And this was okay at the time. So I had to transition from making $40,000, $50,000 a year to fifteen dollars to $20,000 a year. Wow. So. <laughs> It was quite a transition and it was quite a leap and a, a quite a process, but I took it on a leap of faith that eventually, if I kept doing that, I would eventually increase. If I had my time back, I would have extended it longer and made it more of a gradual process. Okay. Why? Uh, um, well, for me, it, there, there were two good things um, going on for me at the time. One, I was fairly young, so my body could handle teaching. 20, 30 classes a week and training people as well. Um, but now perhaps if we're a little bit older and, and uh, <laughs> our body needs a little bit more of an active recovery time. And also at the time when I first started, I was doing all fitness. So I was doing high intensity cardio classes, spin classes, uh, boot camp classes, personal training classes, and didn't have any yoga or Pilates when I first started because the Pilates and yoga journey was a long journey in and of itself, as well as the aquafit. So it took a while to gradually progress and layer into that. So my advice is if people starting out in this industry would be to go into it very slowly and progressively and just start with a few classes at a time while they're doing their yoga, while they're doing Pilates, and they can really diversify because diversification is the key. So I, I really... My big strategy has been trying to, wherever possible, mm-hmm. to have as many um, different eggs and different baskets being shuffled around at the same time, if that makes sense. Oh, it does make sense. So despite the success that you've experienced with your business, can you tell me the greatest struggle you experienced as an entrepreneur? Yeah, for me, one of the hardest things to come to terms with has been how to charge people uh, when I'm creating my own program. So example, if I'm creating an instructor certification, which I've done in the past, how much to charge instructors for that certification, how much to charge people for personal training. And I think that's one of the biggest obstacles that we all start to encompass mm-hmm. is we tend to undervalue ourselves and so, what we can actually offer people. And that, that's been a, a big struggle for me, term, coming to terms with that price range. Have you been able to overcome that struggle as of yet? So one thing I've done is created a sort of a tier system where um, I've tried to make packages affordable for different people from different walks of life. Because as someone who believes very much in uh, social programs for all people, it's been a policy of mine to have people who are a little bit less fortunate or on social assistance or perhaps seniors who don't have as much disposable income to be able to have access to programs as well as people who um, have more means, but mm-hmm. still be able to afford my own lifestyle and my family's lifestyle at the same time. So, so I, I have, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so why do you think it's uh, problematic for quite a few of us to, um, to charge what we're really worth? Why do we undervalue ourselves? 
That's a great question. I think it's intrinsically um, people look at themselves and they compare themselves to different finished products and different marketing advertisements that are out there in the market. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just something that's inherent to our own self where we want to compare and contrast. And we're always our own worst critic, uh, okay. regardless of what it is you're doing. So I think that's something inherent in most people and, and just kind of working through that and realizing your own value and your own experience and what you can often bring to the table. So was there any one point, like one of the lowest moment that you experienced uh, as an entrepreneur and um, how were you able to get over that experience? <laughs> um, well, I think one of the things that's really helped me, the, the probably the lowest point has been when we open a program, we rent out a space and we have very few people coming into that space and you're you're running a class, um, perhaps paying 20, 25, $30 to rent the space or rent the school or rent the community center to run your own program and you're working at a net loss, which is common for most business startups. You're gonna start off with a net loss initially. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that tends to eat away at our self-esteem and self-confidence. But what really helped me get through that progress is, is really looking at the benefits when you're working with that one or two people who are coming, even though you're working at a net loss, seeing how their body's changing, seeing how their psychology's changing, and seeing how their self-esteem is changing, and then seeing how they not only become someone who's devoted to you and your program, but they also become your best recruiters and marketers because they start to actually go and start to market and promote your own programs for you. So it's not only just member retention, but also members actively becoming part of your community where they're trying to bring their friends and their family members and their spouses and everyone they know really into your programs as well. So that's really what sort of uplifted me and kept me going was the the effect that I was having on the people I was working with. So what did that experience um, from that lowest moment that you had, what did the experience uh, teach you? And uh, what actually gave you the audacity to transition into the success that you are today? I think what really gave me the drive to continue was creating Um, confidence and self-belief in myself and an ability to sit back and say, you know what, one door is closing, one program is not perhaps working, and just letting go and saying, I'm going to follow what the universe starts to provide to me. And I found there's been ebbs and flows constantly. So sometimes a program like a TRX program, a small group training will be really, really hot and it will be packed and we'll have lots of revenue from that. Other times it will be a yoga retreat. Other times it will be an aqua retreat. Other times it will be a family yoga type program. So (laughs) it's, it sounds strange, but just sort of sitting back and sort of riding the highs and lows Mm -hmm. and staying there for the clients in one program that perhaps is not doing well at a certain time but then it picks up a little bit later and they'll go through ebbs and flows for the season. So just being able to sit back and say, okay, I have to have faith and trust that the universe is going to provide as long as I actively provide myself out there and provide these different assortments of services. And it's, it hasn't failed through the years because something oh, wow. always happened. <laughs> 
So it's just like for you, faith and trust were the only techniques that you used to help uh, boost your self-esteem during those uh, down and dark moments? Faith and trust and, and absolutely connecting with peers in the industry and hearing their stories, creating that community. So one of the okay. things I've been blessed with as a CanFit Pro trainer is that I actually get to um, discuss things with other students and other people who are learning from me and other people I'm learning from. So we've created a little bit of a community and we become a resource for each other. So that's another key as well. And I think one of the horrible things about a lot of people in the fitness industry is they think that they're in competition with other people mm. instead of realizing that they can learn from each other and learn from different programs. So embracing pre-choreographed programs, embracing freestyle programs, embracing musicality, embracing programs that are not based on musicality, embracing mind body, embracing self-help, like looking at different avenues and seeing what you can learn from those different avenues and from the, those different experiences and connecting with people and, and helping to create and also referrals and networks. So for example, um, opening yourself up to physiotherapists and then the physiotherapist will recommend clients to you and you'll recommend people to the physiotherapist. So it becomes a give and take and it becomes a community and it's a resource that you can gain from and support at the same time. So it becomes something above you instead mm -hmm. of it's just you, it's all of us as a community working together to create a better world and a stronger world and a more spiritual world and a fitter world. So you said like uh, one of the downfalls that people in the industry, one of the things they don't do is to network and create a community. Was it difficult for you to go out and uh, be on your comfort zone to create this community for yourself, especially when so many other people just work in silos? Of course. Um, <laughs> and sometimes people are not very receptive to creating those mm. communities and networks. One thing I did was I reached out to people who were not only um, super successful, but people just starting out and said, what can I offer to you uh, based on my knowledge and experience? And what can you offer to me? Because I don't assume that I'm the authority just because I have more experience and or education than them. So that was a great stepping stone and creating a sort of network where you do that and you're open to your participants where you'll, and then your participants will want to help you if you start to ingrain and connect to them. So I think it's really about creating connections and then people will sort of welcome you into their space, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes a lot of sense, and it's actually a pretty good idea. Uh, so, Jeffrey, where do you see yourself and your company in the future? That's a great question. Uh, one of the biggest things we really want to promote is moving into um, a lot of schools and condominiums and helping the people who are not comfortable going into the gym environment or the people who are not comfortable going into the small boutique studio environments so reaching that percentage of the population who is sedentary or especially the younger children and seniors, the people who are not taking advantage that are being missed um, on the current trends in the industry. For example, some people are being left out of the hit trends and so forth. Uh, so reaching out to those people who aren't taking advantage and trying to create a stronger connection with those. And the other big thing I want to really work towards is moving away from a purely physical practice 
and move more into where we're helping people connect to spirituality. So we're really trying to bring in meditation and so forth into people's lives and spirituality and healing energy. Mm-hmm. And we're really going to hope in the future to start to move into an area where we're not just doing physical one-to-one contact, but things like mobile conversations and mobile trainings and online trainings. And also, and that's another way to connect to people who are not comfortable with the boutiques or the gyms or those sort of environments. So just finding ways to reach more people essentially and creating more people who want to join our community of warriors and fitness who also want to reach out to people and helping to build and and create those networks and also start to leave things to them so I can uh, not retire, but. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's not bad. (laughs) So uh, Jeffrey, what words of advice do you have for someone who wants to make their passion their business? The first thing I would say is really think about how you're going to diversify into your passion and how you're going to attract the market. So which markets do you specifically want to delve into? Because once you identify the market, it's re- and you cre- it gives you a chance to create a plan of action that's step-by-step and sequential and logical, and that takes away the guesswork. And that's key. I think that's one of the key things. The other is to accept the fact that things are not going to go as you had planned (laughs) and just realize that you have to go with the flow and the ebb and flow and there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. And that's why it's good to always have a little bit of a safety net in there instead of just going full tilt into it. Just gradually get your feet wet. I like to think of it as Anyone who's doing a personal training program, you're not going to start working out seven days a week and lifting 150 pounds every day kind of thing. You're going to slowly progress and build and layer, and you're going to get that Mm -hmm. progressive overload. So I I think it's the same for anyone who's starting a business. You want to first start simple, realistic, concrete goals, identifying your market and having a safety net so you can feel secure as the ebbs and flows come. That's pretty good. Uh, so what words, uh, so uh, is there anything else that you wish to add, Jeffrey? Um, well, first of all, I just want to say it's amazing that you're offering this podcast and hopefully it will really inspire people uh, mm-hmm. to start to jump into their passion because I find when we're working in a job that we're not passionate about, it just takes so many years off our life And if you actually have a job that you're completely passionate about and you really love, you never really work. I mean, there's there's times you're exhausted, you're physically, mentally exhausted, but you always love what you're doing and it never becomes a job. It just becomes a passion. And uh, that's such a great thing for everyone. So it's so awesome that you're offering this podcast to help inspire people to sort of work towards that. Thank you very much. Um, The other thing I would say is I'm hoping that we can find a way to sort of reach out to those people who feel like they're missing a sort of physical aspect in their life or a mental aspect or they're drained or they're tired. So um, that's going to be our big goal pushing forward. So we are 
starting to rent spaces through the city. We're trying to create networks with schools and condominiums and we're getting in there. So look out for us as we keep on uh, pushing and uh, trying to help as many people as possible. So thank you very much for spending the time with us, Jeffrey. Uh, it's been great having you here and uh, your words are very inspirational. And uh, there's a lot of great nuggets that you uh, gave us today. Well, I really appreciate you having me. It's, it's quite an honor. All right. So I'd like to thank everybody for uh, tuning in to Living Your Dreams and uh, look forward to reaching out to everybody again soon. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs>